0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Fantasy Concierge Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this week's episode, I'm going to give a big picture view of players that I would be investing in at each position, whether it be believing in guys that have started strong or highlighting talented players that have started slow. Basically, with three weeks of action in the books, we have somewhat of a clear picture. But as Devon A. Chan showed last week, talent is the most important thing. The best players, even if some aren't seeing a lot of action right now or a lot of production, are usually the ones that will emerge and be difference makers. So I'm going to go through each position and hit on a few guys that maybe you should be looking to acquire or stick with for the rest of 2023. At quarterback, the first guy I'll mention is Dak Prescott. The Cowboys have a couple of tough matchups taking on the Patriots, although their cornerbacks might be an issue if they're not healthy and the 49ers over the next couple of weeks. But the Dallas passing attack, I think, will get going with that dangerous trio of CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. And the unfortunate loss of Trevon Diggs for the season makes the defense slightly less formidable, which could result in some higher scoring games when it's needed. So maybe keep him on the bench for the next couple of weeks. But long-term, I like Dak as a low-end QB1. That should definitely be rostered as bye weeks begin next week. Jared Goff is another option that should at least be on benches and has qb one appeal for most weeks. Thursday night in Green Bay might be tough, but Goff gets some great matchups, especially starting around week eight through the end of the year. He'll take on the Bears twice, the Raiders, the Chargers who haven't been good against the pass, the Broncos who haven't been good, Minnesota a couple of times. So, golf has played great, and he's someone that should be rostered in all leagues. And then the third guy, I only have three guys at quarterback. It's pretty standard at that position compared to the other positions. But Brock Purdy continues to play extremely well. I think he's thrown multiple touchdowns in all but one start since taking over last year. Overall, he has a 17 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio. And with those weapons, high confidence, and obviously Kyle Shanahan dialing things up, Purdy should at least be a high-end QB 2 and he can also do damage as a runner if the opportunity is there. At running back, again, I'm sort of doing this because of HN. He's someone I really liked coming out of Texas A&M. Compared him to Warwick Dunn, who was a smaller runner but could handle heavy workloads, which HN showed he could do at A&M. So Raheem Moster is the lead back for Mike McDaniel's offense, but he has a history of durability issues. So there's definitely a scenario where HN becomes a lead guy that could potentially vault him into the RB1, RB2 ranks, but he's at least a high upside flex option, and it's very encouraging that Miami trusts him in scoring territory. So the other guys I would target first is Jameer Gibbs. It feels like he's been mentioned on every episode, but the talent is obvious. He handled 17 carries last week, which he turned into 80 yards. And I still think he'll start breaking some chunk gains as the game slows down for him and Detroit puts more on his plate. So if there are fantasy owners out there that are disappointed by his start, I'd hold tight. And if Gibbs is available for trade, he's probably the top running back I would target. I'd also look to target Ramondre Stevenson. I see he's ranked in the 20s on ESPN this week and he's only averaging 2.9 yards per carry. But the output in the receiving game should improve... And the schedule in terms of opposing run defenses should really lighten up after the next couple of weeks when the Patriots take on the Cowboys and Saints. After that, probably not really a matchup to avoid until maybe Week 18 versus the Jets. But Stevenson is a high floor option that should eventually start to get rolling with some bigger games. Another guy to continue believing in is Kyron Williams, who didn't have a big game on Monday night but was missed a few times by Matthew Stafford and could have easily had a touchdown if he would have been hit when open underneath. But Sean McVay clearly has high trust in him. And I've seen fantasy people on X-Twitter be skeptical about Williams, I guess because he's not an analytics favorite. But Williams does all the little things well. Most importantly, he's extremely reliable in pass protection. So that will keep him on the field. And the only real concern I would have is maybe Jonathan Taylor being traded to the Rams. But that might not be a likely scenario. And Williams should at least be a high-end RB2 with a slight boost in full PPR formats. The final running back I'll mention is Zach Charbonnet. I'm very high on Kenneth Walker. He's had a couple of multi-score games in a row. But the reason to invest in Charbonnet is similar to why it made sense to invest in Achan, in that he's a very talented player. He's flashed the physicality that made him a second-round pick, despite Seattle already investing in Walker. But if Walker were to ever miss time, Charbonnet would probably be an immediate RB1 option. So if he's available in your league, I'd make it a priority to get Charbonnet on your bench. At wide receiver, this will probably be the most helpful position in terms of Providing my views because there are a few guys that are definitely struggling in terms of numbers But should be believed in based on the talent First would be Jahan Dotson Who has not produced thus far But has been open a few times for big games that have been missed by Sam Howell I knew going into the season that the first four games Or at least from week two to week four Would be difficult for the passing attack of Washington So I'd anticipate Dotson maybe being dropped in quite a few leagues this week. So if that's the case, he needs to be instantly claimed or added as a guy that I still think has definite wide receiver two potential. And I wouldn't play him this week against the Eagles, but they get a quick turnaround to face the Bears next Thursday night. And that's when Dotson could probably start to be played confidently in lineups. A wideout that has produced that similar to Kyron Williams, I would be believing in. The production continuing is Romeo Dobbs. He scored three times in three games, despite playing with a hamstring issue in week one. I mentioned him in the first episode of the year as someone that showed big-time potential as a rookie before he went down with a high ankle sprain. But Dobbs has produced without Christian Watson in the lineup, and there's a case to be made that when Watson is back, it will only open up more space for Dobbs to work and he could have wide receiver to appeal most weeks when the matchup is good for Green Bay. As someone to target with more of a long-term perspective in mind, I love what we've seen from Marvin Mims Jr. He's only caught seven passes, but they've gone for 195 yards and a touchdown, and he's also been involved as a runner and a returner at a touchdown last week. So with Denver at 0-3, It wouldn't be a surprise if they ended up moving Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. But either way, I think Mims will become a full-time player by the end of the year. And his talent pairs very nicely with the deep ball of Russell Wilson and the mind of Sean Payton. So Mims is someone to acquire that can be started in a pinch based on the upside and could have more reliability as we hit the second half of the year. Last week, I mentioned Michael Gallup as someone I liked versus Arizona. He was quiet in the first two games, but had a nice showing with 92 yards on seven targets. So hopefully that gets him going. Dak Prescott has trust in Gallup. And as mentioned, when the schedule lightens up, I'd expect the passing attack for Dallas to have an increased ceiling. And hopefully Gallup becomes more involved in the red zone where the Cowboys have not been at their best to begin 2023. And for the Chiefs, the guys I would invest in, this is another maybe longer-term outlook, but I think the primary trio might end up being Rasheed Rice, Kadarius Tony, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling with Justin Ross, Sky Moore, and others mixing in. But in particular, I'd say Tony and Rice are the ones with the biggest upside, to become top target for Patrick Mahomes. Tony I think only played a couple of snaps last week. He was dealing with toe injury. But can obviously make plays when featured. And Royce has been given opportunities over the middle of the field. Last week he was I think tackled at the one yard line twice. The Chiefs are going to trust him more and more. But he saw seven targets. And played over 50% of the team's offensive snaps. He will only continue to gain more and more trust from Mahomes and Andy Reid so I really like Rice I like the talent coming out of SMU and have hopes for him to emerge as the top wide receiver for Kansas City and then at tight end again want to sort of base this episode around investing in talented players Kyle Pitts has been a major disappointment in terms of the numbers so far I know previously Des Bryant I think said he should be traded to the Cowboys, and RG3 now is saying the same. I don't think Atlanta will trade him, but he did see nine targets last week and has left quite a bit of production on the field, whether it be Desmond Ritter just missing him or Pitts not being seen when he's open. But if things slow down enough for Ritter or he if he doesn't improve, maybe Taylor Heineke gets a shot, then Pitts undoubtedly has the talent to break out. I wouldn't be surprised if one big game Led to him going on a run, and maybe it'll start this week in London with the Jaguars not being great versus opposing tight ends. And the other main target at tight end is Dalton Kincaid. He only had three yards in week three, but low floor games are expected from a rookie. And Kincaid is someone that I think down the stretch, as the playoffs get closer for both real life and fantasy, he'll be closer to being an impact player and can come through for Josh Allen in big moments. So we'll see if that leads to production for fantasy owners to count on him as a tight end one option. And I'll close out with Jawan Johnson for the Saints. It sounds like he'll be without Derek Carr for at least this week, but Jameis Winston is a very capable backup, and maybe a new quarterback seeing things a bit differently will allow Johnson to be more of a factor offensively. Tight end is looking strong with rookies like Sam Laporta and Luke Musgrave emerging, but Johnson still has breakout appeal, and this week is a good matchup against the Bucks. So I like Johnson as a nice lottery ticket to sit on benches and maybe get lineups when bye weeks begin. So that will conclude this episode. I'm trying to provide more of a big-picture view this week to hopefully go for or continue holding players that have not been at their best to begin 2023 and if you have any questions in particular you can always reach out on wolfsports.com and we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have until next time i'm dylan chapin and this was a fantasy concierge podcast